This is a GRDC podcast. Grain storage is a long-term investment, so it's important to get it right from the start. Unlike machinery that can be sold if it no longer meets your needs, you're usually stuck with your silo storage purchase for around 30 years. Hello, I'm Deborah Bishop. There's a long checklist when it comes to investing in on-farm storage, and your silo investment plan is no exception. Considerations need to include storage design and structural integrity, effective pressure testing, and knowing how to seal silos correctly to achieve successful fumigation. Manufacturers are a good source of information, but make sure they're not your only source. And that's where GIDC's Grain Storage Extension Project can help. The project's National Extension Team can assist you with considerations for investing in grain storage infrastructure and help identify qualities and specifications that are needed for a well-designed and managed storage system to meet your needs. A gas-tight sealable system is highly recommended to provide options for managing stored grain insects and ladders should be fitted to access the top of the silo for monitoring, repairs and maintenance. Every system should allow for regular and robust monitoring of grain quality and storage pest control, with ease of sealing and fumigation a priority. Knowing how and when to pressure test your silo is a necessary skill to ensure effective fumigation and to minimise insect-resistant risks. And when it comes to capacity, Don't just rely on nominal tonnage figures. Ask for cubic capacity as well. Yes, it's a long and comprehensive checklist. So I talked to GIDC's National Extension team member, Ben White, to take us through the latest evolution in silo features and pressure testing methods. Well, Deb, I think it's important to remember that if we're using a gas-tight sealable silo, we're using it for one reason, and that's to preserve the quality of grain in storage. What we've got to remember also is that if we do have an insect incursion in that silo, we need some options to be able to disinfest it. And so having a gas-tight sealable silo gives us the option to fumigate in that silo, to get rid of any insects at all the life stages that might be in there, and to do it effectively using the required concentration of gas for the required period of time. And what that does is two things. A, it makes sure that the grain isn't any more damaged by insects that might be in there, but it also means that if we get a proper fumigation going in there, that we're going to ensure that insects don't breed that are resistant or partly resistant to phosphine. And that means that ultimately we can continue to use phosphine for a long period of time. It is a really cheap, efficient source of fumigation and one that we rely on pretty heavily in the grains industry. So take us through how we go about pressure testing our silos. Well, the pressure testing a silo is actually relatively simple, provided the silo is in good maintenance and that it's been designed to be a gas tight seal storage. The first thing we need to do is to check the oil level in the pressure relief valve. In a lot of cases I go around to farms testing silos and find that there's no oil left in the valve and that's problematic because that maintains the seal while we're doing a pressure test. The other thing we then need to do is to go around and seal up all the sealing faces on the silo, all the doors, all of the outlets and ports that might be on the silo and make sure that everything is in the position that it would be for fumigation and ultimately we should be able to pressure test the silo whether it's full, part full or empty but of course if it's empty we can actually do something about it if we do find that that silo doesn't seal. 
Is there an optimum time to pressure test, Ben? There's a couple of things that we need to think about in terms of timing. Firstly, we need to be testing or pressure testing during the day when there's not huge variations in temperature. So what we want is a temperature that's relatively even. We also want to make sure that we don't have sun and clouds on the side of the silo that might sort of influence the test and perhaps give us a false reading. So time of day is important, but also seasonally we need to think about when we might want to test and the first time is obviously before we harvest and start to fill the silos with grain and then the other one is when we're about to do a fumigation we want to be sure that the silo still seals ready for fumigation and we can then go and do the fumigation with confidence that it's going to hold fumigant for the required period of time and at the right required concentration. In a bit of a nutshell can you take us through the process? Yeah look so if we break it right down to a pretty simplistic form just make sure that the oil pressure relief valves are topped up make sure that all the doors are then sealed up and any outlet or vent that might be normally open when the silo is functioning or aerating is also sealed up. And then we also need to make sure that all the doors are closed and then carry on with the pressure test. So the pressure test involves putting about 250 pascals of air pressure inside the silo. We can typically do that either with an air compressor or we can use, say, a little leaf blower with a modified valve. And we can push that 250 pascals of air into the silo and start our timer. And what we're looking for is at least half of that pressure, so at least 125 pascals of pressure to be maintained inside that silo for at least three minutes or if the silo is brand new that should be at least five minutes so it's a pretty simple process the thing we've got to remember that if we don't quite get to the three or five minute period and we've lost uh, quite a bit of air pressure then we need to go looking for where that might be. So what if it doesn't seal? So look, if it doesn't seal, then we start looking for the source of the leak. And, you know, in my experience, that can be in a variety of places, anywhere from the thermosiphon to the door seals. But in most cases, it'll be the top and bottom seals, the inlet and the outlet seals that are most problematic. So they're the things that I'd tend to focus on. And in a lot of cases, it comes down to rubber that's been damaged somewhere that needs to be either replaced or repaired. And we can do that pretty easily. But looking for that leak is helped by the use of a bottle of soapy water and we can just go around and squirt that on all the seal faces to sort of make sure that they are well sealed and there isn't any slow leaks out of those. Are there times where we shouldn't seal? Absolutely. So one of the problems we can have if we seal a silo when we don't need to is we can get mould and potentially damage grain and the issue with that is that we end up spoiling grain inside the silo and potentially we can also damage the silo. So we need to make sure that we're only sealing when we need to and the times that we don't need to seal are those times when we're not under fumigation. So fumigation is the only time when we really need to be sealing a silo and that fumigation process typically lasts for seven to ten days in tablet form or in blanket form it can last a little bit longer and people should really refer back to the label, the phosphine label or the fumigant label that they're using to ensure that they're only fumigating for the amount of time that they need to and when they're not fumigating they open the silo up, let it breathe and reduce the structural pressure that might be on the silo when it is sealed up during fumigation. Silos are clearly a very long-term investment. I think investing in something that you're going to hope is lasting about 30 years or so is probably a fair assumption. If people are looking to invest in on-farm storage to that scale, what things should they be looking for in regard to silos like this? Well, if they're looking to buy a gas-tight sealable silo, they really should be looking for a silo that meets AS2628. And in fact, we'll go one step further than that. They should not only ask the manufacturer whether it meets that standard, they should insist that it's written on the invoice. And I'd also suggest that once the silo has been installed on-farm, that it is pressure-tested just to, again, ensure that it does meet that specification. AS2628 standard is an Australian standard that we know provides a level of sealing that will ensure a fumigation that is effective and kills all life stages of the insect. So the seal is important. We need to make sure that we've got pressure relief valves that are of a suitable size. When I say 
say that, that means that the required volume of air that needs to go in and out of the silo can do so without either damaging the silo or damaging the pressure relief valve. The other thing we need to make sure is that the silo is simple to seal. If we're going to have a gas-tight sealable silo and we're going to do fumigations in it, that process of sealing a silo up needs to be simple. And that can be little things like ground-operated lids and ground-operated vents that can make life a lot easier rather than climbing up the top of the silo, trying to fiddle with latches and straps to hold lids down. That can all be done from the ground. That's obviously a lot safer as well. We've looked at a couple of examples, one out at Meckering and also at 2J, and the structural integrity of the silo on the base clearly is paramount. Uh, The examples we've seen are really out there. What is your advice in that regard? Yeah, look, we've probably seen a couple of examples today that are both ends of the spectrum. We've seen some smaller elevated cone-based silos that were well made. They've got a Durial base, both structurally and finish-wise, they're well finished and should last to that 30-year service life, as you mentioned. And I think the other thing is that we've also then come here to 2J and we're looking at some very large flat-bottom silos that are well-designed, well-built. They're fitted with aeration and vents that we need them to be fitted with. And the vent in the floor can be either a full floor aeration vent or it can be trench ventilation as we've got here. So, you know, there's a few different variations and options that we can look at in terms of what's available, both the gas-tight sealable silo, but also the large flat bottoms that have got aeration here. Where can our listeners go for more information, Ben? Well, Deb, you know, there's a stack of information on the GRDC Stored Grain website, which is storedgrain.com.au, and there's a, a whole lot of GRDC fact sheets and also the GRDC grow notes that are there. Or alternatively, if they wanted to get in touch with anyone from the GRDC Stored Grain Extension team, they can ring the 1800 number, which is 1800 Weevil. Pretty easy to remember, I'd have thought. <laughs> so that's 1800 933 845. And they can talk to any of us from the team about their grain storage needs, and hopefully we can provide them with some independent information that'll help them make better decisions and also put them in good stead for storing grain on farm. So what is the takeaway? Look, I think the takeaway here is if you're going to go and buy gas-tight sealable silos, make sure you buy ones that are going to fit your requirements and they're going to suit your needs and ultimately provide you with 30 years of service that isn't going to cause you any headaches. Ben, thanks a lot for your good advice today. Pleasure, Deb. Ben White there. And you can find more information online at GRDC's Stored Grain Information Hub. Also, make sure you see the Stored Grain Supplement available with the 2022 January edition of Ground Cover. I'm Deborah Bishop, and thanks for listening.